Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Preparing my opening for this sermon was quite difficult. Here we are in chapter 6, moving toward the end times events and getting into these end time futuristic exciting things here in chapter 6. Blood is pouring, earth is quaking, meteors are falling on people's heads. And there's, this is an action packed. I mean, for those of you that like action movies, they really couldn't do a movie to justify and to give justice to what we're going to read here this morning. And so, preparing this sermon was quite difficult as to where to start. Where to start? Where do you start? Where do you start? You know, I thought, well, why don't we just start from the beginning? The beginning? Yeah, the beginning. And I think it's important that we lay this foundation this morning before we move any further. Because... If you don't approach the book of Revelation with the right framework, with the right mindset, with the right context, then it can be pretty dangerous as you try to approach and try to interpret the scriptures. So several months ago, we started in Revelation chapter 1, and we gave you the context. What's the context, Rodney? Well, you might remember it's A.D. 96. AD 96, the Roman Emperor Diocletian is persecuting the Christians because the Christians refused to compromise. Diocletian wanted the Christians to compromise by simply taking a, a, a pinch of incense from the altar and or taking a pinch of incense and kind of placing it on the altar and to declare him as Curios, Lord. And the Christians our brothers and sisters, they refused to compromise in this way. They refused to acknowledge Diocletian as Lord because they know, they knew, and we know that Jesus is Lord. And they refused to compromise in this way. And so because they refused to compromise, there was severe and heavy persecution coming to the church there in the first century. These Christians are being persecuted and suffering under the throne of Rome. Isn't it interesting that John, he sees, the very first thing he sees in heaven when he gets there in chapter 4 is a throne that is set in heaven. See, they're being persecuted under the throne of Rome. And John would say to those Christians, listen, I understand you're being persecuted under the throne of Rome, but don't forget there's a throne that is set in heaven for you. 
And so this persecution was heavy. You know, many of us have seen the, the movie, The Gladiators. And, and in that movie, it's just awful. You see these Christians and they're suffering and they're being thrown to the lion's den and the children are watching their parents being eaten alive by lions. And, and, and it's awful there as those Christians are being persecuted there in the Colosseums. But even that movie doesn't do any justice to what really was happening. The intense persecution, it was heavy. Yes, Christians were being thrown in the lion's den. They were being burned at the stake, wrapped in animal skins and fed to the dogs. They were being dipped in hot wax and then strategically set in the gardens of the empress and lit on fire. Rome would crucify mothers and drape babies around their necks. Millions and millions of our brothers and sisters... Our brothers and sisters, don't forget, these are your brothers and sisters. These are the brothers and sisters who you will see when you get to heaven. Millions and millions of our brothers and sisters in the faith were martyred for the name of Christ. And then they go after John. Rome goes after John. Why? Because John is a leader of the church. He's the last living apostle at this time. He's 100 years old. He's an old guy, respected leader in the church. And Rome goes after John and they take John and they try to kill John by boiling him in a pot of oil. And he doesn't die. God thing, God thing. He doesn't die. And they've got to do something with him. So they exile him. They send him to the rocky, barren island of Patmos. And there on that rocky, barren island of Patmos is where he receives the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's interesting that he receives this revelation of Jesus Christ while having a Patmos experience. What's that? Loneliness. Barrenness feels like, where's God? He's been serving God for a hundred years, loving God, serving God, serving God's people. And he finds himself on on an island by himself. And in that lonely place and in that place of suffering, God spoke to him. He received the revelation of Jesus Christ. Listen, if you're in a place of suffering this morning, guess what? You, you've got your Patmos. We all, all of us Christians, we have our Patmos experience. But if you will keep your eyes and your focus on Jesus Christ, guess what? You will receive a revelation of him also. And that's where he wrote this book. And that's what was going on in the world when John wrote this. Now, remember, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to do so. Remember, the word revelation means unveiling. It means an uncovering. So this book is the revelation, it is the unveiling or the uncovering of Jesus Christ. Notice it isn't the revelation of St. John the Divine, as some of your Bibles might say. In the front, the revelation of St. John the Divine. No, it's not the revelation of St. John the Divine. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it isn't, listen, the revelation of futuristic events. It's not the revelation of the future events and what's going to happen to the world. Now, yes, we are going to uncover and discover what is going to happen to the world. What is the fate of the world? Where is the world headed? What is the fate of the non-Christian? What is the fate of the Christian? We'll get all that as we study this book. But listen, it was not written for with that intent alone. It was written that it might reveal Jesus Christ. 
Christ. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And notice it is the singular revelation of Jesus Christ. One, not revelations with an S. Now, nothing drives me more bananas than when I hear people say, Revelations, and they put an S on the end of that word. It just drives me up. Oh, oh, man. Revelations. No, it's not revelations. We need to correct our verbiage because it isn't many revelations. It's one revelation, and it is the revelation of who? Thank you. Now, this half of the room didn't know that, all right? You guys knew, these guys didn't know, all right? So let's just try these guys, all right? It is the revelation of much better. Yeah, give, you guys give them a hand. There you go. Now, all together, it is the revelation of now give each other a hand. I'm an equal opportunity clapper. It's just a single revelation of Jesus Christ. The whole book is focused on the lamb that was slain, the slain lamb of God. Now, here's an outline for you of the lamb as seen in the book of Revelation. Chapter one, we have the vision of the lamb, the vision of the lamb. In chapters two and three, I encourage you to write these down. Chapters two and three, the letters of the Lamb to the churches. In chapter 4 and 5, we see the glory of the Lamb in heaven, and the church is in heaven also with the Lamb. In chapters 4 and 5, the glory of the Lamb. Chapter 6 through 19, we have the wrath of the Lamb, the wrath of the Lamb that's being poured out on a Christ-rejecting world. Chapter 19 through 22, Finally, we have the reign of the Lamb, the vision of the Lamb, the letters of the Lamb to the churches, the glory of the Lamb in heaven, the wrath of the Lamb being poured out on the earth, and the reign of the Lamb is an outline of the Lamb as seen in the book of Revelation. Now, John has been giving us an amazing glimpse into the future. Chapter 4, the church is worshiping in heaven, as I said. In chapter 5, Jesus Christ, the slain lamb, takes the title deed of the earth. And with that title deed, Jesus has the right to take ownership of the earth any time he wants because the earth belongs to him. Amen? And when the lamb takes that title deed to the planet earth, that is when the tribulation begins here in chapter 6. Now in chapter 6, chapter 6 is the beginning of the final seven years of humanity in history. It is the beginning of the final years of human history, which will set the stage for the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ forever. Jesus will rule and reign on this earth forever, the Bible says. Amen? Now, that flies in the face of what the tree huggers will tell you, doesn't it? I mean, they tell you we need to save the planet. We need to take care of our earth. We need to protect the atmosphere because we're going to have the earth forever, what they tell you. That's not what the Bible says. 
the Bible says that there is going to come a time when human history as we know it and man's rule on the planet will come to an end and Satan's rule will come to an end and God's rule will begin. And I can't wait for that day. It's so scary living in the world today. I cannot wait till God's rule. He rules and he reigns on this planet. Last week was the beginning of the end with the great tribulation. Jesus takes the scroll. He opens the first seal and a rider on a white horse with a crown on his head and a bow in his hand comes riding in. And we identified that rider on the white horse as the Antichrist. He is the one who will come on the scene with great solutions to the world's problems. Daniel chapter 9 tells us the Antichrist will establish a seven-year peace treaty with Israel and the world will applaud him, the world will welcome him, and he will be the man of the hour. This man will bring peace to the Middle East and solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Now, you have got to be an ostrich with your head in the sand not to see very clearly, the handwriting's on the wall, see very clearly that Jesus Christ could come and rapture the church any minute. Any minute. Because the Bible tells us, see, if you want to know about end times events and you want to know what's going to happen to the world and you want to know when Jesus is coming. Now, no, I'm not date setting. I'm not foolish enough to date set but I am telling you that we can know that the, that the rapture of the church is imminent and the seven-year period is upon us as we keep our eyes on Israel. If you want to know what's going to happen in the world and you want to know what is the future holding, then don't call Sister Cleo. <laughs> Save your four ninety nine. You already own a Bible. Then read it and keep your eyes on Israel. And what is going on in Israel today tells us as the church believers that Jesus could come at any minute. The rapture of the church could take place and then begins chapter 6, the great and awful time known as the tribulation upon the earth. This antichrist, this man of sin, the son of perdition, is going to come and establish peace in the Middle East and bring peace between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And Jesus said, when you see these things, he says, run like the dickens. Matthew 24, read it in your own time. I don't have time to go over it with you this morning. Run, flee to the mountain of Petra when you see the Antichrist cause the abomination which causes desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet. Keep your eyes on Israel. The first scene, the rider on the white horse comes Speaking of the Antichrist, the first seal, the second, third, and fourth seals were opened and they brought war, famine, death to the earth, and a fourth of the world's population all dead. We covered this last week. If you weren't here, pick up the tape. This morning, we come to the fifth seal in verses 9 through 11. If you're there, say a hearty amen. amen. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar... 
the souls of those who had been slain. Underline that, would you? I saw John says he is a focus and attention is in the heavenly scene. And he says, I saw under the altar the souls of those who have been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren would be killed as they were, was completed." Now, give me your attention, if you will. The scene shifts from the madness taking place on the earth to a scene around the throne in heaven. The opening of the fifth seal brings forth the cry of the martyrs from under the altar. Now, Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 and 9. God speaking to Moses. And let them make me a sanctuary, God said that I may dwell among them according to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the temple or the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. So God told Moses to build the tabernacle exactly and precisely according to the pattern that I give you. God says, Moses, I want you to build this tabernacle. I don't want you to get creative with decorating ideas. I I don't want you to make the place anything other than what I am telling you specifically, precisely, according to the pattern that I give you. Why? Because, listen, the pattern of the earthly tabernacle was a pattern of the heavenly tabernacle. And in the tabernacle, the earthly tabernacle, there was a brazen brazen altar where the priest would take the blood of the sacrifice and he would pour it at the base of the altar. Now, in the Old Testament, blood represents life. And John sees in the heavenly scene at the base of the Or under the altar, notice those whose blood was shed sacrificially for the glory of God. Those who were martyred and killed during the tribulation for the word of God and for their testimony. Now, during the tribulation, let's understand something. During the tribulation period, during the seven years of tribulation, people will be able to be saved and become Christians, but they will have to be martyred or put to death. During this period of the tribulation, people will be able to become a Christian. They will be able to be saved, but they're going to have to be martyred or put to death. Now, Daniel chapter 7, if you're taking notes, look it up in your own time, tells us the Antichrist will make war against the saints. That's Christians. That's you and me or Christians during the tribulation, pardon me, will make war against the saints and will prevail against them. Again, in Revelation chapter 13, it was granted to him, the Antichrist, to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Again, in Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, that's the church, And judgment was committed to them. 
Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness. That's this group under the altar. To Jesus for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. So you can see that during the rapture, after the rapture, during the tribulation, all of those people that you have been telling about Jesus, all of those people that you've been talking about and sharing the gospel with and talking about these end times, all of your family and friends and classmates and co-workers, all those people that you bought a CD copy of Rodney, Pastor Rodney's awesome sermons on Revelations and you gave it to him. Shameless plug, just a shameless plug. <laughs> And you got this CD, you're like, listen, man, you've got to hear this. You've got to know what's going to happen. See, you see, if you're not a Christian, you're going to be here. And if you plan to be here, well, at least take the CD so you know what's going to happen while you're here. And what's going to happen is the rapture of the church is going to take place. They're going to have that CD. And they're going to pop it in. And they're going to listen. And many, many will be saved during the tribulation. I mean, think about it. After the rapture, after the rapture, there will be no more Sunday school. After the rapture, there will be no more Bible studies, no more revivals. After the rapture, there'll be no Christian TV. Or maybe there will. Let me think. There. <laughs> no more Christian concerts. Christian music industry? Maybe there will. Don't know. But all the Christians will be gone. And get this, and all the Bibles will be left. There's going to be millions. Have you ever thought about this? There's going to be millions and millions and millions and millions of Bibles around the world. Just, just, just there. I mean, because in heaven, there is no need for a Bible. Because you're before the presence of God. You are before the word of God. So in heaven, you won't need a Bible. You knew that, didn't you? Shake your head if you knew that. Yes, you knew that. Of course you did. So there's going to be a lot of Bibles around. But get this, it will be illegal to carry a Bible during the tribulation because there's going to be a one world religion and a one world government system. You won't be able to carry your Bible. You're going to have to hide your Bible. And when you are caught with your Bible, they will be slain for the word of God and their testimony. You see, they'll be slain. They'll be killed for their conviction and for their confession. All the people that you've been sharing with will have enough knowledge to know that they are left behind. And I believe during the tribulation will be one of the greatest revivals that the world has ever seen. One of the greatest revivals. Why? Because, because people have been telling people about Jesus. And during the tribulation, all of that is going to come to memory and people are going to be saved. I believe millions upon millions of people will give their hearts and make a commitment to Jesus Christ during the tribulation. So you can become a Christian during the tribulation, but you're going to have to be put to death for your faith. Now, why would anyone want to wait till then? Why not give your heart and your life to Jesus Today. Today? Yeah. What about today? 
Today, if you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. As I said, Jesus could come at any time. If Jesus were to come today and you are not a Christian, you are left behind. And if you are left behind, I'm pretty confident you will become a Christian then. But why not spare yourself and become a Christian today and give your heart and life to Jesus today? You know, someone once asked me, matter of fact, it was sometime last week, someone asked me, they said, if you're a Christian and you're walking in the flesh and Jesus comes, will you be, will, will you be raptured? They asked me. And I'm thinking, okay, if you're a Christian, you're walking in the flesh, will you be raptured? I guess I have to ask the question, then why are you asking me that question? Oh, I get it. I see. You want to walk as close to the flesh as you possibly can and still go to heaven. That kind of ranks right up there with, listen, Pastor Ronnie, tell me now, is it once saved, always saved or not? Why do you care? Well, I just want to know. Why do you want to know? So you can walk in the flesh? Huh? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.